Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. To God, you can get seated, open your Bible if you would, anywhere, because it's all good. It's all good. Hey, I um, <clears throat> it's so good to see some folks here today. Uh, it's just, it's, it's neat. Um, it's, I'm an older guy. I'm older than most of the people in the room, uh, which is good and bad. But uh, there, was a, there was a time that when people moved, you know, uh, not too long ago, if you move over two cities, <clears throat> it was a long distance phone call. Now, some of you don't even know what a long distance phone call is. <clears throat> But way back in the day when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, your phone couldn't leave the house. It's true. You would have a phone and it would actually be connected to your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you weren't at your house, you didn't get a phone call. And the phones, all they did was make phone calls. That's literally... Literally, that's all they did. Phones, all they did was call other people, which seems almost useless these days because people don't answer their phone, right? They don't actually, they don't actually use the, the, the phone calling a function on their phone. Uh, and you're like, well, then how do you look up information? You would like hit zero. And you'd talk to an operator. And if you needed a phone number, you'd hit 411. And you had to talk to somebody and ask them to look up a phone number. So, like, it was things were, were, were different back then. And uh, I... I um, I, I, I lived in, uh, I grew up in Delray, and uh, when I moved to Lake Worth, uh, calling Delray was a long-distance phone call. What that meant was you got charged by the minute to make that phone call. Crazy, right? To, from the phone connected to my house. So if somebody, like, moved to Boca, you know, y'all could still be friends. Uh, if they moved to Deerfield, you, you know, um, moved to Boynton. Uh, but if they moved to Lake Worth, then you had to start counting the cost, so to speak, right? Like... <clears throat> I know we're close, but are we that close that I'm willing to pay for every single conversation I have with them? And so then, you know, our, our friendships got a little more lean in those days, right? So when somebody moved, it was like, well, brother, it's great, you know, I love you. Maybe we'll see you at the reunion. They're like, yep, I'm going to be in West Palm, you know, and then we may not see each other. Uh, but now people can move wherever, and it doesn't matter where your phone number is, doesn't matter where you're living, you could just call them. And, uh, and, and, and FaceTime, and, and so, so the Perezes are, are here, love them so much. I have lived life with the Perezes for so long. Uh, uh, Andres and I have traveled Latin America, uh, preaching the gospel, casting out demons, calling down fire, seeing revival, training up uh, revivalists. It's just, uh, get a little choked up thinking about it. He never left. He just moved a little farther, but in my heart. Oh, anyways, all right. So, <clears throat> sorry, I get a little verklempt, as my wife says. There's a little Yiddish term there. I'm not sure what it means, but when I get that little choke up feeling, it's verklempt. So, there you go, expanding your language today. Hey, so, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, we started our, uh, our uh, summer school reconstruction edition with Professor Carl Thomas. I don't know if you've noticed, but every week my uh, attire has gotten less and less like a professor. Because teaching gets tiring, right? Like, you know, you just get, you get a little worn down. Uh, uh, and so we start off talking about, we talked about God is good. You remember this, right? God is good. Uh, no matter what's going on, God is good. He has a plan that is bigger than my plan. 
And in the end, he is uh, he's drawing all things together for good. He is reconciling the world to himself. And uh, our little part that we play in this at any given time could not, may not feel good. Uh, but God is good, right? So if the, the, the building is burning down and everybody runs out of the building, except some people run into the burning building uh, to put out the fire. And for them, this is not a good experience because I am getting in danger now. But the bigger plan for our society is that we don't just let buildings burn down. Someone's got to go in the fire. And in the kingdom of God, some people have to go in the fire to fix some things that are going on around us here. And if we try to avoid every single fire, then the whole world burns down, right? And so the only problem is we don't get a, a little bell that goes off in the middle of the night. We don't get to slide down a pole and ride on the truck. We just, we're just in the fire. And we're like, God, what's, what's going on? Why am I in the fire? And he's like, oh, I'm God. Don't worry. I got this worked out, right? And we have to remember when we're in the fire, if we stay connected to God, all things will be reconciled to him. Right? Amen. So in our little moment, it may feel uncomfortable, but we got to remember God is good. Right? That, that, will, that will sustain us. And, and next we talked about Jesus, who, who is our Savior, who came to die. Uh, he didn't come to uh, be celebrated. He didn't come to have a party. He knew from the very beginning that he was going to die. Uh, he, and he lived his life understanding it was all leading to the cross. And so he modeled this suffering servant model for us that times can be hard, but we don't give up on the fact that God is good. We, we don't deny the fact that God is good. We, we can't say that because I'm going through suffering, God has somehow abandoned me because Jesus has given us a model of a suffering servant. And last week we talked about how Jesus still saves. Uh, and I, I don't know if you know, um, <clears throat> if you're like me, uh, but I want the power of the Holy Ghost, which we're going to talk about today. But I, I want the power, and, and we can be seduced into thinking if we're walking right enough with God, uh, and we're anointed enough, and we have enough word in us, and we do enough good stuff that we don't actually need Jesus anymore. Now, you would never say that. No one would ever say, I don't need Jesus anymore. But we live as such that if we do the right things and have the right savings plan and we have the right uh, mentality and we have enough word, then all of a sudden we'll be able to live a life where we don't need Jesus to rescue us. And Jesus is still rescuing us. There will never be a time when we don't need Jesus to rescue us. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Jesus came to do good things. Um, and uh, <clears throat> in, 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 uh, uh, th there are some important a deconstructing happening for many of us. And I've been talking about this for a couple years now. And it's important to, to deconstruct, to, to tear down a little bit uh, so we can make sure things are sturdy. Uh, there was that terrible, terrible, terrible thing that happened in uh, Oceanside, that building that fell down. And they argued for years, like, should we spend the money to tear apart some things that aren't working so we can rebuild correctly? And, and they didn't count that cost. They didn't want to suffer they didn't want to go through the pain of paying for that reconstruction, and so they just avoided it. And when things are built on a shoddy foundation, they will fall down eventually. So it's important that we bring the inspector, Holy Spirit, into our lives to do a little inspection to make sure that everything is built on the right foundation. Now, I don't want to use, I don't want to use those, the terrible, terrible tragedy of what happened at Surfside, at Surfside as an illustration of my message. Please, 
Like, it's terrible, and we're praying for the families there. Um, but this whole earth will pass away, right? Our lives will pass away. Our, our, everything that we build with our hands will pass away. And Jesus Christ said that we have to build on a firm foundation, and that being the Lord Jesus Christ. It cannot be on the fact that if I do things well enough, I can avoid pain. That cannot be the foundation of our lives. Suffering will come. Jesus promised it, but he also promised that he will rescue us. And when we get to a place that we're bitter, that we need rescued, we have deviated from biblical Christianity. Hear me. If we get to the place where we're bitter, that we need rescued, we will deviate from biblical Christianity. I need rescued. And the farther I step out on that ledge for Jesus, the more I need him to rescue me. This is where life really takes place. <clears throat> Jesus lived his whole life denying his own desires even to death. That was the life that Jesus lived. And, um, <clears throat> and it's important that if we're going to understand what God is doing in our lives, they have to be understood spiritually. We have to understand God spiritually. Holy Spirit is like the decoder key of what's happening here on the earth. We connect with God by the Spirit. Jesus Christ rescues us, and by the Spirit, we operate <clears throat> with God. The Spirit is the link between God and us. <clears throat> and we need the whole Godhead to understand God's plan for our lives. Amen? <clears throat> we, we, have to, we have to understand that the Spirit of God is active, and He's not ignorant to what's happening in your life. He understands what you're going through. He understands the Father's plans. Uh, no one knows the Father, but the Spirit of the Father. And the Spirit of the Father is here on earth to give us illumination of what's going on in our life. I, I, um, if, I, <clears throat> if I've learned anything in the midst of this pandemic season, um, it is that you could do everything right and it, things still not go well. <clears throat> you, 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 you can be totally careful. You can, you can deny the problems are existing. You can um, speak against them. You could do all kinds of stuff and you still can be touched. Un unfortunately, you still can be touched by tragedy because the earth, the earth is passing away. The earth is passing We have to recognize that only Jesus Christ's word will remain. Amen. That, that, that is it. <clears throat> and we need in this time of suffering, in this time of hurt, in this time of pain, we need to hold on to Holy Spirit. We need to latch on to Jesus and his word. We don't need empty promises. We, 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 don't, we don't need to feed starving people sugar. Uh, people need meat and they need bread so they can sustain what's going on in our world. Amen? And, and, so, and so today, as, as we just talk a little bit more about uh, Holy Spirit, I hope to just kind of unpack some theology. I, I got two, two things I want to do here. Um, I want to unpack some theology of the Spirit. Uh, and while I'm teaching this theologically, I'm expecting Holy Spirit to be here. I'm expecting him to actually touch people and empower them and do the very thing that uh, this teaching says that he can do. I am expecting, wow, the Holy Ghost of God to do something as our intellect is uh, activated with what's going on in our heart. I'm expecting God to meet us here in the middle and do something. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen, amen. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Amen. Come on, get ready. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So in, in, the, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, uh, Holy Spirit is present throughout. This is not something that God didn't invent the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Uh, this has been there from, he's been there from the very beginning. In, in the Old Covenant, uh, the, 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 the Hebrew term is ruach, 
Can, can you say that? Ruach. Ruach. I'm positive that's not how you pronounce it, right? But that is how a white American would pronounce this Hebrew word who does not know Hebrew. But it feels like you're saying something spiritual. Ruach. Right? And, and so it, that this word literally, uh, it doesn't mean God the Spirit. It, it literally uh, means spirit or breath or wind of heaven. This, this, is, this is kind of what it means, this ruach. And when they talk uh, specifically about the Holy Spirit, uh, and, and we, I'm going to butcher a little bit more Hebrew for you because it just makes you feel like you know something, right? It's the Ruach HaKadosh. Ruach HaKadosh. Holy Spirit. This is how they talked about the third person of the Trinity uh, in the Old Testament. And, and this isn't, it isn't a new concept. And so in the Old Testament, as you read your Bible, which I, I trust that you do, and I thank you uh, for being in the Word, uh, they would talk about when you see the Spirit of God. That's the Ruach HaKadosh, or um, the Ruach Elohim is actually the Spirit of, of God, um, or, or the Spirit of the Lord, which is uh, Ruach Adonai, the Spirit of the Lord. So it'd be the Spirit of the Lord, the, the, the Spirit of God, uh, and then we, we see them talking about it. Let me give you an example. First Samuel 16, <clears throat> uh, Samuel was, 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 is the prophet, and it says, so Samuel, Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord, the Ruach Adonai, came upon David in power. Now, this is, a, this is, a, this is a, an amazing theological concept. And I want you to kind of consider this intellectually because it's hard to get. God, who is one, from the very beginning, the Israelites uh, said the Shema, the Lord our God is one. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. One, But here we see in their scriptures that this spirit of this one God came upon Daniel when a man had a, a ram's horn filled with oil and poured it on his head. Now, was the oil the spirit of God? Clearly not. Because, I, you know, you could cook with oil all day. It doesn't mean the spirit of God is going to be upon you. Right? I, I wish it were so. I wish God was that formulaic that in any circumstance I needed him, I could just do something physical, and God would have to obey. Unfortunately, we know it's not that simple. But in the midst of this uh, uh, Samuel's relationship with God and hearing God's plan, God revealing his plan to the prophet, the prophet agreeing with God, cooperating with him, pouring this oil upon David, the Spirit was in the midst of it, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David, and the Bible says, in power. In first, in Isabel, excuse me, Isabel, I'll say in Isabel chapter 61, that's in first Carl, uh, in Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah chapter 61, we see it again. It says, uh, this is uh, the prophecy of the Messiah. He says in verse one, he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Here's the Messiah, the promised one who will come and rescue. The anointed one is what Messiah literally means in the Hebrew. The anointed one says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives in release of darkness for the prisoners. Can you say amen? This, this, this spirit of the Lord, that's the Ruach Adonai, is upon me. I am... Um, I believe that if you are a Christian, 
and the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, if you've received Christ as Savior, you should be moved to do good works. And we all would say amen to that. We all think that we should be making the world better, right? But Jesus did not come for us to make the world better. Because you can do that without Jesus. Right? We're here to establish the kingdom and to build the kingdom. Now, now I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. If you feel compelled to do any good work, do it to the glory of God. Uh, we have, we have um, secular therapists in this church. We have, like, just in every area of society that you can help people, we have people here who are not able to say, you know, I'm here preaching the gospel. Like, no, I am doing the work of Christ. I'm doing it with the heart of compassion. And if you are a businessman and you are, you are giving ethical business advice, you are ministering in the spirit of the Lord. You are taking this sovereign God and doing good works in your business. Right? Like, okay, you all may lie on your taxes, but I'm not going to be able to, no, no, I want, I want a receipt for the full amount that I paid because I'm here in righteousness and I trust that the Lord will meet my needs. You, you see what I'm saying? You don't have to say, in, in the, and it says in 1 Samuel, you know, like, just be, be righteous. Allow the Lord to work in your works. Does that, does that make sense? We, we should be, and so that's what happens when the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Now, if any of y'all are cheating on your taxes, I'm not trying to call you out. That's not, that's not the point, and I'm not trying to tell anybody how to run their business. Uh, I, this is what I do. You do what you do, and, you know, see, the way my money works is, yeah, I get it, right? Like, I, I, I get it, so I'm, I'm not trying to get in anybody's business here. But I do want to say, if the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, He will anoint what you do if you do it in the, to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's a good word. I think it's a good word right there. So we see in Luke this continuation, this continuation of, of the teaching of the Spirit of God. It, it, it didn't stay in the Old Covenant. This is very much part of our New Covenant, and it wasn't invented in the New Covenant. We see in Luke chapter 4, Jesus Christ, when, um, when he went into the temple, we talked about this last week, went, excuse me, went into the uh, synagogue, opened the scrolls, and he read this this, this prophecy about the Messiah over himself. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. This is the role of Holy Spirit on the earth. Now, he does lots of stuff. And I love every work of God. But he has come to set the captives free through Christ Jesus. Amen? He has come to set captives free. Mm. The Holy Spirit wants to free you from ungodly uh, oppression. He wants to free you. This is like, I, I want you guys to really, really, I, need, I think as a people, and what I see God is doing in our midst here in this season, and, and, and what, what I, what the prophecies I have been receiving, and what I have seen, wow, the Spirit began to do, and the messages He has been speaking at the same time to our church about we have to choose to die daily to God's will, and we have to believe that we can free people from the captivity of this world. We have to understand two things. Number one, we have to understand that God uh, wants people set free, number one. Number two, uh, that does not mean that people's lives will be easy. He has not come to set us free from our own desires. Okay, let me say that a different way. Uh, he does, Jesus has not come to be the Holy Ghost lazy boy. 
He has not come to be the Holy Ghost waterbed. He has not come to be, uh, you know, to sail us out on the lazy river so that we could just float the rest of our lives. And anything that seems uncomfortable must not be God. That is not what Jesus Christ came for. That's not who he demonstrated himself to be. It's not what he prophesied that he would do. As a matter of fact, he said, when we start operating in this kind of justice, there's going to be some problems in the world because we are going to have to die to our will so that we can fulfill God's will. The, the good Samaritan on, you know, stopped for the man on the side of the road. And, and it's a big deal, that story, not just because somebody had a kind heart, but somebody was going to be ostracized because they let someone else touch them who wasn't supposed to be in relationship with him. And I bring up this story to show that we are going to have to count the cost on some things that God asks us to do. What God asks me to do may be different than what God asks you to do. In your life, you've probably had to take a stand for justice in times when people thought that you were wrong. You have had to say some things you didn't want to say. You've had to maybe protect some people that it's not popular to protect. You have had to put yourself somewhere uh, that you didn't necessarily want to go because it would have been easier to go another way. And I'm here to let you know the Lord sees that. The Lord sees your good works and he will reward you, the Bible says, that, that you are following him. And in this age, you may not get a return on that seed sowed, but God sees it and he waters it and you will get a harvest for it. Can you say amen? I believe that in the, in the, in the depths of my soul. And, and we have, you know, you, you may be called to just be kind to your neighbor or you may be called to um, rescue people in the foster care system or you may be called to march on Washington or you may be called to go to the corners of this earth to preach the gospel. God sees it all the same if you are following what he's calling you to do. Amen. I believe that in the depths of my heart. And so the spirit of the Lord was on him. In the New Testament, we've gone from the Aramaic and the Hebrew to Greek in the New Testament. So, of course, that word in the New Testament is pneuma. Pneuma is the word in, excuse me, it's Greek and Aramaic in the New Testament. My head's a little bobbled. I don't want anybody calling me out here. I get all kind of emails. They're like, you know that word you said at the 42-minute mark? I'm like, sorry, bro. I'm Sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, Acts chapter 1. Let's take another look. Are, are, you do, are you having a good time? Yeah. Are you learning something? Yeah. Okay, that's good. I just want you to learn something here. Let us all... Whoa. <clears throat> ha. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1. This is Jesus we're talking about. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave his disciples this... What's that word? Command. No, go back. On this occasion... Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Are we there? It's not in there? Well, then I, you'll just have to trust me. No wonder you didn't say anything. I'd like to blame it on Sawana, but I actually put this message in there myself. So It's nice to be able to blame the tech team, but you can still blame people, right? Have you ever noticed that? You can always blame people. You could be wrong. Uh, it's always easier to blame other people for what's going on internally. But I'm sorry. what's Sawana, everybody. Gathering them together, he. Gathering them together, he. <clears throat> what God has called you to, he anoints you to do. I'm going to say that one more time. What God has called you to, he's empowered you to. What God has called you to, he has anointed you to. What God. <laughs> The vision comes with provision. 
God don't tell you to do something and say, figure out how to make it work. And I think sometimes we mess up God's plan the most in our life because we try to figure out how God's going to do it and we try to help him out. Now, doesn't it just sound funny to try to help out God? God's working on something. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like um, you know, men, when you've got a, you got a son or, 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 or a wife, and you're carrying something heavy on your head, like a long box, and you're carrying it like this because you can't hold it like this, but you're holding it like this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you're carrying something like this, and, and you're, just, you're balancing it, and someone comes up behind you, and you're like, here, let me help. And you're like, whoa, that's... I know you think you're helping, but you're actually making it worse. It's not lighter when you do that. Now I can't balance it. That's us. Here, God, I know you got this whole world in balance. But let me just figure out a plan to help you out to get these things done. And we're like, why isn't it working out? He's like, would you stop doing that? I did not ask for this help. Well, I'm just trying to help God. He's like, I, that's not, I, I commanded you to do something. Go do that. I'm sorry. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said you have heard from me. <clears throat> For John, let me get the next one here, verse 5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow, you will be like, he's like, listen, you want to help. You've been, you've been my disciples. I know you want to see the kingdom. I know you want all this, but you cannot be helpful without the Holy Ghost. You're going to lift one end of the box thinking you're helpful and you're just going to throw this whole thing into a tailspin. You need to wait for the Holy Ghost. And again, in verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen, hallelujah. Sometimes you are the sign. Sometimes your witnessing is not even necessarily your words. It's your obedience to follow godly precepts and what God told you to do last in a world that's trying to do its own thing. In a world that's trying to structure the church like a business. In the world that's trying to uh, take the spirit out of everything. In a world that's trying to say, if it, it, like, like I, the whole point of all this is my comfort. <laughs> the whole existence. Jesus saying, listen, I will give you power and you will be a witness. You will be a witness. Where are we at here? Oh, we're doing good. Are you guys okay? All right, I'm trying to get some theology here for this. Yeah, amen. Come on, come on, come on. So he says here, you will receive power. Greek word for that is dunamis. The dunamis power, the dynamite power of God. This word dunamis that he says that you will receive. Now, I need you to hear this. The word, Jesus can't lie. He can do anything but lie, right? He cannot lie. He said, you will receive dunamis. Dunamis means force, specifically miraculous power, ability, abundance, meaning, might, miracle power, strength, violent, mighty, wonderful work. This is what Jesus said you would receive. Come on, somebody. That's the promise of God right there. This is the promise of God right there. I, 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 you know, Jesus, has anybody talked to Jesus? Jesus can't lie. And, and, and then when he said this mighty, powerful, violent, mighty work that you'll be able to do, that, that don't just mean that sometimes you'll do this and you'll get a little goosebump. That is not what that means. 
That'll mean a little shamba shamba here and there. That is not what that's talking about. That's talking about miracle working power in and through your life to help and affect the situations around you. Oh my gosh, the Holy Ghost gives you power. Dunamis, say he gives me power. But it's still him. We got to recognize that the power of the Holy Ghost that comes upon us is still the power of God. It's not the power of Carl. It's not the power of Reinhard Bonnke. It's not the power of Benny Hinn. It is the power of God. And if we do not listen to God, then we will use it for our benefit and we turn into strange fire. We operate in power, but it's not godly power. It's strange fire. We need to have our ear to the ground. Every now and then, God's going to say, we're going to go through a little bit of desert right now because you picked up some stuff on the road that I need to get off of you. And so we go through a little stretching, a little, a little pain, a little, a little friction, a little rubbing stuff off, a little, man, that didn't work out the way I thought it would. And God is like, it's okay, I still got you. It's okay, I still got you. It's okay, I still got you. Listen, he gives you power. He gives you power for a couple reasons. I'm going to run, wow. He gives you power for a couple reasons. I'm going to run through these quickly because I'm running out of time. But I believe God is going to give some people some power while we're talking about this. Amen. 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 I, uh, oh, sweet Jesus. All right, let's see what happens. He gives you the power to share Christ boldly. He gives you the power to share Christ boldly. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. My message, Paul says, and my preaching were not with wise, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Listen, my, my, my mighty evangelists out there, my, my revivalists in the room, if you want to operate in more miracle and power, remember it's God's power, not yours. Because then all the weight is on Him. If it rests on your faith, we're all scarred, right? Like, if it, if it rests on my ability to conjure up God to produce a miracle, if it rests on my ability to get it right every time, we've got a lot of man worship in our charismatic Pentecostal circles. Can we be honest? We've got, got a lot of man worship in it because um, not enough men of God are saying, man, this, this, it's, I don't know what... Like, like, like the disciples said to the angel, like the angel said to the disciples, why, why would you bow at our feet? We're, we're just, we're not God. You, 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 the one you seek is not us, it's Jesus. And this is what the disciples said. Listen, don't sit at my, don't kneel at my feet just because you saw me operate in the power of God. My job is to connect you to God. And if you think I'm the one, man, here, and let me tell you, let me tell you, I, I, you know, I, you, here's what's going to happen. You will, you will worship someone and you will idolize them, be in the business, whatever it is. And then God will just say, well, you didn't see this, but let me just uncover some of them, their flaws. So you could see that it's not them, it's Jesus. <laughs> like, like, they will lift off some of this stuff and be like, oh, wait a minute, what, what? he's not perfect? He's not perfect. Oh my God, who had that? I didn't know he had that problem. God's like, exactly, I need you to know that. It's, it's about me, it's not about him. Anybody hear what I'm talking about here? Listen, and, and this is, this is this, the power of the Holy Spirit is here to help you when you're weak. I want to just speak some words of comfort to you right now who want to follow God. Here, here's what he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit, the pneuma, helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot 
express. Listen, some of us, I feel like God has gone through a whole pandemic just so we realize that we're weak. Just so we can realize, man, I need God. I need His power. I need the Spirit's presence. I, 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 I actually thought I could work this thing out, and I didn't realize it, and I can't. I, I need. And, and here, if you're there right now, the Spirit is here with you. <clears throat> the good news is that you've just qualified yourself. You are like, <clears throat> like, <clears throat> I'm a guy, I'm just a guy, right? I'm a guy who grew up away from God, and I was not looking for Jesus, was not searching for the plan of God in my life, thought I was right with God, and God just arrested me one day and said, you're going to be mine, Carl. And, and I have tried to follow him the best I can since then. And uh, I stand on this platform, and I tell people, man, like, uh, yeah, you know, when I lost my mind a number of years ago, and my wife used to say, don't tell people that. I'm like, but it's true. Like, I, I'm a human, and, and I don't know, about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I don't remember, I don't remember now, that's how the Lord heals. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but, you know, I done lost my mind, and the Lord did a work of humility in me, and I said, I, I'm not going to fake it like I got it all together, like the people who lied to me. And so I, I, just, I just put it out there, like, guess what? If you see anything good in my life, it is what Jesus Christ has done in me. If you see some stuff not so good, don't be mad at God. You know, don't be mad at God. He's still working on me, right? <laughs> He's still working on me. Well, my, my, my daughter used to have this little song they would sing in kindergarten. My son used to sing it when he was, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a day to create the sun and the stars, sun and the earth, the Jupiter and Mars, how faithful and patient he must be. He's still working on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful he's still working on you? Aren't you thankful he's still working on you? It says in um, 2 Corinthians 12, he says, he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, friend. My power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been trying to get people to see that we are all flawed. I, I taught a whole teaching on that I am a failure, that we could all say it together. And all of my type 1 Enneagrams are like, I can't even say that, Pastor. <laughs> He's like, I don't think you know what these words mean the way I know what these words mean. And so for you, you may need to say, I didn't do everything perfectly. I don't know. I don't know that I did anything perfectly, <laughs> ever. But, but uh, you know, I, 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 I roll out a whole thing just so we can see, man, I, I, am, I am not perfect, and that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we have to give grace. And Jesus came and sent the Spirit so we can have hope in a hopeless world. This is what Paul prayed. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may over flow with hope. Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you overflowing with hope today or is the world kind of wearing you down? Do you notice the negative in people more than you notice the hope in them? Maybe, don't, don't beat yourself up, but maybe you just need to turn a little bit more toward Jesus. Maybe the road has been hard and all you can see is the failures. Just need a little bit more Jesus. A little more hope of the Holy Ghost. He is Come, come, Mike, Mike, if you would. He has come to do a work in, whoa, in your heart today that your joy may be made full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. And finally, 
Finally, He sent the Holy Spirit so that we can experience the fullness of God. That we can experience the fullness of God. In Ephesians, this is what Paul prayed. He said, I pray that out of God's glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Strengthen you with power in your inner being. Man, I tell you what, in this world, this, 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 this is what we need. We need to be strengthened with God's power, not, not with self-certainty. I have failed Carl too many times. How about you? Have you failed Carl too? You ever notice what you sit in bed and think about at night, the, the, thing, the thoughts that come in? Generally, it's not what other people did to you, it's what you did. Because our society has taught you that that means that you're worthless. And Jesus came to set captives free. And so he said, listen, if you're the, if, are you the mistake-making kind? I'm going to fill in the gap. He said, the bigger your gap, the more room for me. Come on, we need some more room for Jesus, people. We need some people who say, yeah, I got lots of room for Jesus in this life right here. Perfect? Nah. If I was perfect, I wouldn't need Jesus. There's a lot of room in this life for Jesus to move. Like, like don't, don't look at me. You got to look to him. But I have seen him who has rescued me. And his spirit of the Lord is upon me because I can give you that same rescuing power that he's rescuing me with. It's not Carl that rescued anybody. It's the God who is still rescuing me today, is working on the inside of me. And so I can bring the Savior, bringing Jesus by the, by the Spirit of God to come and move in your life. I'm not preaching a Jesus I don't know. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching a Jesus I'm living with right now. I'm preaching a Jesus that's saving me as we speak. I'm preaching a Holy Ghost that's moving in me, sanctifying me right now empowering me for battle right now come on somebody come on just thank Jesus come on somebody I wish you would just thank him right now come on somebody just wave at Jesus thank you Lord just wave at the spirit Holy Ghost here I am wave a white flag I give up Holy Ghost I'm ready to be rescued come on somebody just wave a flag I'm ready to be rescued I'm ready to be rescued come on Come on, come on, come on. We got too many, we got too many rescue heroes in the room. We don't got enough people waving a flag saying, Jesus, I'm the one you need to come for. I'm not the rescue hero. I'm the victim. I'm the one who needs to be rescued. I need your help to come in here, Jesus, and set me free. I'm right here. Come on, just let them know. I just feel the Spirit doing something right now. I wish you would. Come on. I'm the one, Lord. I'm the one you came for. I'm the one that the Father anointed you for. Right here, I'm trusting you in my circumstance at this very moment. Great is your faithfulness, Jesus. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for a second. Oh, Jesus, I'm going over. Just give me a minute here. I feel God doing something. I feel God doing something. I feel the spirit of restoration in the room. Oh, Jesus. Maybe the plan failed because you've been looking at it through the wrong lens. 
maybe, maybe, maybe we thought Jesus was going to empower us to stay out of something instead of to get into something. Maybe the Lord has anointed you to get in something. Shake up. Maybe the fire is all around you because you're the firefighter. I don't know. But the Holy Ghost is landing on some heads right now. Oh, gee, whoa. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Just give me one more minute and I'll let you go. Well, you can go whenever you want, actually. We're all free people. Amen. Wow. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. One right now, just put your faith in Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Just do it right now. Just put your faith in Jesus right now. Come on, he'll never let me down. Come on, somebody. Come on, 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 put a little faith in Jesus right now. Put a little faith in Jesus right now. Come on, lift your voice. Shake about cotton today. I break the spirit of accusation off of your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I break off that lie that you're a failure in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I break off the lie that you're not going to make it in the name of Jesus. I break off that accusation against you in the name of Jesus. I break off that lie that it's judged you according to the flesh instead of according to the spirit of God. I break off that, that deconstruction without the reconstruction in your life. I declare God is building something better and he's building something new in your life and that you shall come out shining like gold in the name of Jesus. place of breakthrough, to bring people to a place of deliverance, to bring people to the place of the Lord's reign. And so listen, I'm going to ask Duke to come on up here. We're going to pray for some people. If you feel like you want hands laid on you to receive an impartation of power, or if you need freedom in your life, I'm going to welcome you to come to the front right now. We're going to pray for you, but we will be here next week. We love you. God bless you. Go in power. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Come on, give a clap offering to the Lord. Great.
I've seen in a hospital room when the doctor said sorry. There's nothing more we can do. Well, it wasn't through. I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But I've got a promise I can hold. 